The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Thursday morning. Welcome to another edition of Analyze This here on your NPR station in the U.S. Virgin Islands. WTJX FM 93.1 with yours truly, Neville James. Got a great show. Line up today. We got Double Dip. Candidate Speak. Senate and gubernatorial aspirants going to be joining us respectively. Our the 8 o'clock hour and the 9 o'clock hour. We got some assembly here in the house. Good morning. With us early this morning. What's up? I am happy to be here. Okay, good. So we got Senator Dwayne DeGraff going to be joining us in a little bit, right? I think we're going to get a phone call from uh, Miss Lorna Nichols, though, because we haven't had a little uh, update. She normally would call in and give us some uh, two or three minute updates on what's going on with the Waste Management Authority. You know, she abandoned the Public Service Commission and went over to WMA, so... I'm just joking. So I'm looking forward to. <laughs> yeah, that's all I could do. A laugh. To, uh, to hearing from Laura Nichols, should be calling anytime now. Um, beautiful weather today outside, man. Um, if I'm honest, yesterday when we were up here and it started to rain, it made my mm-hmm. heart warm because I'm a rainy weather kind of girl. Right, right, right. I can see some of the hard dust. Probably a little dust in the in the mix. A little, a little hazy, whatever, coming over the top. But aside from that, still island still green, and that's the most important thing, right? That is absolutely right, and I need to check in um, with Christina Chanes to make sure that while the island's still green, we're suffering from drought conditions because I think sometimes our eyes fool us. How, um, how could that be? How could that be? Well, drought conditions have to do with the amount of average rainfall, so we could have an influx of rainfall and still not have the water we need. Mm-hmm. Um, it also has to do with, is the water reaching the um, water table? So when we have all this rain and we have a lot of runoff, you know, like for the time we're green, but that don't mean that we won't end up quite quickly looking brown again. Mm-hmm. So it's really about how much waterfall we have. So you said there's a management variable involved here? There is a management variable, right? And people need to understand climate change, right? It's ex- more extreme climate weather. So it's not that it's not going to ever rain. It's that you're going to have more longer periods are dry, harsher periods are wet, right? So it's looking at how much also rainfall is happening in this time. And we re- I really hope if we get a land and water use plan, done um we strategically put in the catchments and revitalize our dams and waterways to make to ease ourselves into how we manage um with our new weather patterns well that's um just i'm checking off here candidates that we talked to that that's something that um dr guanel absolutely that we've been speaking about and they've had uh DPNR actually has identified um, the different, what's it, water tables? Mm-hmm. We got about what, seven of them in territory-wide or something like that, or? Water tables or watersheds? Watersheds, I mean, watersheds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we do have, well, so, water table, all underneath us, and yes, mm-hmm. we have seven major watersheds. Watersheds, yeah, I think that is, yeah. So, uh, you know, we ain't really cognizant of it, it's just that, um, you know, we're not, 
well, I don't say what we're not. I can't say we're not. Um, some of us are not as knowledgeable no, but as, I think- as to where we are and how it is supposed to work. To the benefit for all of us. We could get Jackie Jacket though. There is a con there is a consultant, right? For the land and water use plan. Mm-hmm. Um there is watershed management. And like we we could now say publicly that we know you have seven. And so we'll see how these things intersect. Jackie Jacket, these things are happening. No, 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 they are happening. I've had them on. I've had them on and uh, great conversations. Uh so definitely looking forward to you know being a little bit more learned about that. Let me uh do uh, our COVID update. We got some new numbers for the first time since Monday, which was Friday's numbers. Uh, we got some numbers yesterday. A very good sample. 318 negatives, nine positives. So, well over the 20 to 1 ratio. In this case, it's uh, let's see, 270. And then we got um, 48. 35 to 1. 35 to 1 ratio. Uh, with this particular um, sample, so that's a good thing. Nationally, 8.8% positivity rate, 26,690 folks hospitalized. However, I read an article yesterday, we're still averaging way too many deaths per day at 377. So it looks like um, Rona, as we call her, um, she really focuses on your um, already establish weaknesses and breaks you down over time. So we got to be concerned about that. But locally, um, we're in a good window right now. 40, 40, 49 actives, 30 on St. Croix, 17 on St. Thomas, and two on St. John. Yesterday was pretty flat in the marketplace. Dow dung a tenth of a percent. NASDAQ dung nine one-hundredths of a percent, S&P 500 down a third of a percent, and Russell 2000 down three-tenths of a percent. So, pretty flat the last two days. We had 17 17 up, 13 down on Tuesday. Yesterday, reverse, 13 up, 17 down. So, that's where we at with what we do in terms of uh, keeping an eye uh, on our health care, our COVID condition ter- um, territorially and nationally, and of course, uh, looking at the marketplace. So, we're going to have um, Senator Dwayne DeGraff. You're going to be joining us uh, in a little bit. Um, he is a three term senator from uh, St. Thomas and St. John, having started in the 32nd and um, being on the 33rd and 34th. Yeah, but before that, we're going to hear from um, Slona Nichols. What's up, man? Hey, you. What's going on? Good. Long time no here, man. How are you? I know. I know Mr. Nerd, Mr. Counter, Mr. Mr. Everything. How you doing? It is what it is, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm good. How's the Waste Management Authority? What's that? How's the Waste Management Authority? Waste Management Authority is doing good. We're, we're bouncing back here. Uh, a lot of things are going on. You give me, Thank you for the time. You give me a few minutes here, and I'm going to just update everybody. We are going to see everybody at the Energy Fair. I want to thank Ariel Stoltz and Kyle Fleming. That's going to be nice. That's, the, that's Oh, gosh, that's Saturday. And then uh, the 15th, and then over in St. Croix, we're going to be over there Sunday, October 30th. Mm-hmm. 
uh, with the table and litter critters. Gosh, going to be there. So it's going to be really exciting and, and a good thing to have into the Virgin Islands, too. There's going to be so many tables. So many people are participating in this now. Are you, you going to pop in in St. Croix? The 30th. I'm off island. Yeah. I'm off island, baby. Okay. I'm sorry, baby. Ah. No, that's, that's okay. Oh, and I, I want to let everybody know, too, we're going to be on your show uh, with Summer. I love Summer. We're going to be on there, I think, on the 31st uh, in studio, and we're going to have our um, our environmental officers. I think going to be six of them. <laughs> maybe... Maybe two in St. Thomas and about four in your in your in your little room there, mm-hmm. and they're going to be talking about how they're um, helping helping the environment out and helping people out with their garbage and trash, where to dump things, what to do, catching all the bad guys that are really messing up our environment here. That's but, um, good. That's good. So Hall- yeah. Halloween, you going to be wearing orange? Uh, yeah, it just does happen to be Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, going to be really. And also, uh, one more other thing, we are. Back in schools with all of our um, our environmental educators are doing in-school presentations now. I know we just finished um, Alfredo Andrews, uh, their sixth grade class. Uh, and what you can do is call Sheena Ritter or Nazara Armstrong in St. Croix. And I'll leave you with their numbers. Um, all the teachers, give us a call. Uh, you know where your curriculum is, so they will you know put a class uh, more, more closer to what you're, they're learning in school and everything. But they will come in. We'll teach you about everything about the environment um, and uh, the number to call uh, 715-9156. Okay, 715-9156. And you can talk, <clears throat> you can talk to Sheena Ritter, Miss Sheena Ritter on St. Thomas, and she'll go through the whole program with you and what you can expect and get you some dates on the calendar because uh, we're ready to roll. Okay. We're ready to roll. Okay, so we'll see you on the 31st? Yeah. Okay. Yes, definitely see you on the thirty. Well, you won't be here, but I'll be. I'll, in, I'll see be you on the thirty first. Yeah. yeah, she'll be here. What's Sum- that? Summer will be here. Okay. Yeah, I know. We're gonna do with, we're gonna do it with summer, and I know you'll be listening, so oh, yeah. it'll be yeah. a good thing. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. All right. Talk to you later. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. That's on Lorna Nichols from the Waste Management Authority, uh, giving us hold on, hold on, hold on, giving us an update um, from the Waste Management uh, Authority and uh, Energy Fair. Okay. Saturday, October fifteenth, St. Thomas. Sunday, October thirtieth, on St. Croix, and then the day after, she's gonna be here with you. Yeah, looking forward to it. Okay, that's good. That's good. Now, we'll transition to the candidate speak, um, which is an interview that we conduct and analyze this with candidates seeking public offices, uh, effective January twenty twenty three, and it's my understanding that we have. Senator Dwayne DeGraff, who is candidate number uh, 12, 12 on the, on the um, ballot in the St. Thomas, St. John District, joining us this morning. Good morning, Senator. How are you? Good morning, Senator. Trying to be here. Uh, good morning to everyone. Good morning. And uh, we got someone, Brown, joining me as well. Good morning, Ms. Brown. Good morning, Senator DeGraff. Good morning. Good. Senator, how are you? Hey, you're doing great, man. Can't complain. Working hard for the people. Okay. So you've been, uh, you've been, go ahead. No, I saying you, 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 you taught me well. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> nah, you came in, you came in with a, with a good level of discipline. So I wasn't concerned about you, uh, uh, catching up with catching on to, to what the job is all about. Um, six years in the Senate. What's it been like? Tell us about yourself. The public, the, the maybe it might be first time <laughs> listeners. Who is, who is, um, doing the graph? Yes, uh, Dwayne DeGrav, uh, thank you, sir. Again, good morning to everyone. I am a 
I spent 34 years in the executive branch, uh, 26 of those, 34 as an auto mechanic. I oh, know, eight as an auto mechanic, 26 as a police, retired from the uh, Virgin Islands government. And, you know, I decided it, it, it would have been too easy to go to the airport, catch a flight and, and, and decide to leave like a hell of people say. So I said, this is my home. I ain't going nowhere. So I chose to run for the Senate. I also have a background in the military where I spent 23 years at the National Guard. I spent a year um, at war in, in Baghdad, Iraq. Uh, you know, people always ask me, why do I mention that? I say, well, it, you know, it's just to show experiences in life that we all have different experiences. Um, I, I joined the legislature in the 32nd legislature. I think it was a uh, baptism by fire. And a, a lot of the great senators, such as yourself, that, that I've met, uh, helped mold me into um, the public servant that I am. Uh, I, I, I like service to the people. That, that's why I like these long careers and law enforcement, military, you know, service like that. Uh, you know, I've lived here all my life. I uh, was Carnival King at one point, uh, you know, so I, I was PTA president. So I stayed in, involved also in the community. Um, I, as a senator, I am an independent senator. I've stayed in the minority thus far. And um, I, I think I represented the people from that aspect uh, well. Um, but one thing I, I like to tell every candidate and, and, and everyone is that it, it couldn't been done, it could not have been done by myself. It takes eight majority to pass any bill and it takes a collaboration with all my colleagues. And um, I have been around some of what I consider the, the best in the history of the Virgin Islands. And I think we are rare people who decide to give of themselves um, up to public service. You know, sometimes you get, you get raked through the cold uh, a lot of times you might get praises and thanks, but uh, I, I believe in supporting uh, from the young to the old, the veterans, and standing up for the disabled and everyone. So that's that's how my parents raised me, and that's why I choose to be a Virgin Islander to the end. No place better than a U.S. Virgin Islands. Period. Um, let me let me ask you one question before um, summer um, and does the actual interview. You mentioned never being in the majority. Um, has that impacted you in terms of not being a part of putting an agenda together? Because um, you've been there for six years now. What's that been like, um, not being a part of um, an agenda-setting caucus? Well, well, you know, I, I, I was looking at it at, at one point, and then some things happened, and then I, I, I didn't go that route. So I'm not saying that I'm not open to it. It's just thus far, it, it has not panned out to be that way. And um, I, I think I, I look at a majority as being just to look at, it doesn't matter what, what party or what not party, it's just for us to gel as one to, to move the territory forward. So I, I, it didn't happen at the time when it was about to happen. So I'm still optimistic to it. And hopefully people give me a chance, uh, number 12 on the ballot in, on November 8th for the 35th legislature. All right, Senator DeGraff. So um, we go we, we go through, it's almost like rapid fire, right? We go through a number of issues where we want you to weigh in on. And because you shared um, about your history in law enforcement, I want to start with, let's talk about crime and public safety. What have you done as a sitting senator? And where do you see yourself, should the people elect you again, where do you see yourself pushing legislation or your major role in the Senate? Okay, what I... <clears throat> 
<clears throat> excuse me, what I've done um, was to get a bill passed in regards to there are a lot of um, firearms, the, the Act 8547, there are a lot of firearm parts that came in, come into the territory on a regular basis unchecked. You could bring them into the, the mail, you could bring them into your luggage, where you strip down a firearm into parts, bring it in, assemble it on the island, and you, you could also order what they call ghost guns. So my legislation uh, put forward to have those parts have to be registered with VIPD before that weapon is assembled and also a ban on ghost guns. Ghost guns are those guns that come in uh, with without serial numbers and they uh, go through the, the community and crimes happen, the guns show up, you can't trace them, they're very hard to trace. Also, I've done four what we call gun buybacks, uh, cash for guns, uh, two on St. Croix, two on St. Thomas, along with uh, Senator Frankie Johnson on the St. Croix end, and we fostered, we went to the community asked for donations. We, we've gotten donations. It was forwarded to the Bernal's Police Department. We asked the people who have firearms home, whether they're registered, unregistered, they come in, no questions asked. We could get those out of the island, uh, of the, the streets. And that's another area that uh, we are a little successful in, and we have a couple more to complete. So those are some of the things I've done. Now, I, for me, I would like to see also a council put together where we address these young individuals male and female, boys and girls, where we, we go straight at them. Don't go at the issues of, hey, these are the problems they're having. Go at these particular individuals, find out where the issues are, and try to avert them from going down that road anymore or uh, getting any further con um, confusion. So those are some of the things I've done along the line, crime and in particular gun violence. Okay. Um, I think we've established a good foundation here with um, Senator uh, Dwayne De DeGraff, a, a, a three-term senator from the St. Thomas, St. John District. Um, senator DeGraff, here's the deal. Um, we're going to go for a break in a little bit, right? When we come back, right, we're going we're gonna to have a, a full segment. We're going to touch on a number of different issues that the members of the 34th legislature have been addressing um, to include how COVID has impacted um, the, the body and, and legislating. Um, we'll also talk about energy, which is a big issue, education, recovery, healthcare, the GRS, you name it. So um, that's what's coming up. Okay, so be prepared for that. What we'll do is we'll take a break and we'll come right back. The candidate speak is in effect here on Analyze This. We'll be back right after this. Banking for your business. At Bank of St. Croix, our mobile apps provide access to business accounts on the go. And our merchant card services accept credit and debit payments anywhere, anytime. Plus, the online banking platform means your bank is always open. Bank of St. Croix has two locations. One in Gallows Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. BankofStCroix.com Good morning, neighbor. I see you got your bumper stickers and your sign up only. Yes, I'm so ready for this election season. Me too. Just waiting for the info on the polling places and then ballots. What polling places? You mean voting centers? The election system is using voting centers this year, where you can go anywhere across the island, walk in, fill out a ballot. 
Just bring your ID. Really? Because my daughter lived in Tutu but walked all the way by the airport and would try to run back home before the sun goes down to vote. Nope. You're no longer stuck to just your neighborhood on election day. Voting centers mean you can vote anywhere in your district. And the next time, try the early voting option too. Skip the line altogether on election day. Girl, you have all the good tips this year, man. So, who's going to win? Ha! Read my yard sign. Then pick any voting center. Just remember, voting is not just your right. It's, it's the, the right, right thing, thing to do. A message from the election system of the Virgin Islands. The VI Energy Office and the University of the Virgin Islands Caribbean Green Technology Center are hosting the first VI Energy Fair. There will be outdoor live demonstrations, interactive workshops, and leaders from the community will be on site to discuss what the territory is doing to reduce energy costs. The fair will be held at the UVI campuses from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. on St. Thomas on October 15th and on St. Croix on October 30th. For more information about the energy fair, cgtc-usvi.org forward slash energy dash fair. This is Analyze This Candidate Speaks. We are on with sitting Senator Dwayne DeGraff as he seeks re-election um, to the 35th legislature. Um, and we had pre-break, we had established, um, you know, a little bit about who D Dwayne DeGraff is and um, where he sits in, in, in crime and public safety. Um, we're coming into the second session. Um, this is a concentrated session. Senator, how are you? Fine, thank you. Good morning again, everyone. Good morning. And so the rapid fire really begins. We're going to just jump right in. Um, and I always, you know, want to know, you mentioned crime. Let's talk about infrastructure. What role, what role does infrastructure take, um, play? What, where do you see our infrastructure, our roads, our lights, um, those things that need to be affected and those things that need to be improved or are they being improved? Well, I, I see them uh, being improved. Uh, there's a lot of talk of a lot of infrastructure work to be done when we, we're pushing on the timelines. Uh, I'm not happy with those, but I've seen things being done. Again, our roads are still horrific, and some areas, they're nice. Um, but, you know, a, a lot of issues in terms of infrastructure, I would like to see an infrastructure put in place also for agriculture. Um, but again, th that's a whole nother story. So, but in terms of our roads and facilities, it, it's a work in progress. They're being worked on, and you know, I, I don't believe in beating down rather than find solutions to help make it um, happen. So, that's that's where we stand. Well, well, um, we're in a recovery. Um, your, uh, you were in your first term when we were impacted with Irma and Maria. And uh, you've been there ever since. Um, what's your take on the recovery? It's been five plus years since the since the hurricane, and about four years and I'd say seven, eight months since we um, um, got that money from the federal government. Well, I, I think recovery is about three years moving too slow behind. I I I I don't know. 
you know, the, the excuses we've heard or the, or the issues that we've heard, maybe they are so, maybe at, at one point they are the federal government, uh, keep moving the, the, the goalposts every time we get near the score. But uh, so I'm not satisfied with, with the rate in which things are happening. But you're seeing little trickle-down pieces here and there. Um, so as a whole, I'm, I'm not satisfied with it. So, you mentioned agriculture, so unless some um, you know, uh, what's the word we're looking for? Um, elaborate on, on where you are with respect to uh, agriculture. Summer? Okay, agriculture, I... I uh, hold on a, hold on a second. I, I want to let... Sure. Hold on a second. I want, I want to let Miss um, uh, Brung ask the question because sure. um, there's a unique uh, difference between agriculture that takes place on St. Croix where we flat and agriculture on St. Thomas where it's very mountainous. Summer? So, right. and so that's the question because the, this question is about both comments you made. For me, this question is about the comment you made in terms of the recovery and you said, you know, you really want to see agricultural infrastructure. In the seat that you sit in, should you serve again, what do you see your role as, as a policymaker in actually one, forwarding or assisting the recovery and becoming more efficient or holding it accountable, whoever the partners are, and two, getting some of that infrastructure for agriculture in place, right? Right. Um, where do you see yourself in that, Senator? Well, well, for for me, I, I um, looked in terms of agriculture infrastructure while we're rebuilding and stuff, like you said, to put it in place. But I, I put in legislation and tried to get it through where I looked at the uh, water catchments that we have on St. Thomas and St. Croix. We have these large water catchments that are around the, the territory. I counted about 11 on St. Thomas that are stagnant, that it we could put in place for water. Water is the number one resource that we need for agriculture. We could put those in place so we get them uh, fixed, turn them over to the Department of Agriculture, get them filled, and they become water sources, uh, backup water sources. And if we have to go to number one water sources, I would like to see a, a water infrastructure put in place right now as it relates to agriculture while we're doing this recovery and waiting and then have to go back to reinvent the wheel. But um, also it was mentioned too in conversation that the cisterns a lot of the schools have that are full of water but are not in use. Those waters could probably also be used. Um, so the agriculture and water system put in place for one, to feed ourselves because as it was mentioned about uh, global warming, you know, let's look at feeding ourselves and and connecting where we could also start to export after we get ourselves situated. So a quick question just to follow up. It'll be very direct. Would you in in the 35th, if you're elected, um, consider a water subsidy for farmers until those catchments are prepared? Would that be something you would consider putting putting your brain behind to think of. And then the second question is about the land and water use plan because you talk about restoring catchments and you talk about the role that they play. What do you think about land and water use planning? Well, well, one, I, I, I do think that um, in terms of for putting those water um, processes in place, but I was looking at uh, federal money. So that's what I'm looking into in regards to using federal money rather than local dollars. While again, we're in the recovery phase. And the uh, land and water use, um, it, we, it, we mentioned it from the 32nd legislature to now, it needs to be done. Uh, the last I've spoken, DPNR said that they are actually doing well and working on it. So it, it again, something else in progress, timelines as to when, 
those become the issues. Let, let me ask this this question: um, the unique situation in Saint Thomas, as opposed to over here on the Big Island, where we're flat. Uh, you got um, you know more uh, mountainous and hilly terrain. The farmers down in the border area, they actually you know they were working some some real nice magic organic farming there um, back in the early part of the the new uh, millennium um, when I was a member of the legislature. Um, what are you hearing from them? Elridge still around? Uncle Elridge? Yes, yes, yes. And, yes, uh, and, yes. and um, Derek, what's it, Derek Hodge from We Grow Food? Um, yes. That, that, that whole group. Um, what exactly can we do, in your estimation, right, to address why we are importing so much of what we consume in, in, in anywhere, you know, people use the 97, 98%, so I'll say anywhere from between 90 and 95%, uh, you know, just to be on the conservative side, because I believe our farmers are, are picking up, um, you know, uh, harvesting here uh, locally. Well, what we could really do, because um, someone asked about a water subsidy, but, but what other kind of subsidy do you think we, we, could, we should look at to help our farmers here in the territory? So I saw that it could help address the, the, the uneven... Um, uh, percentages of what we import as opposed to what we export? Well, I, I think definitely what we have to do, though, is, is look to take um, agriculture and farming into the schools because the average age of the farmers over here in St. Thomas are uh, about 60 years old. Mm -hmm. So that in itself has a timeline where we see here how much longer they're going to be doing this. So we have to start looking at first bringing in younger farmers. Then we could look at specific subsidies, to younger farmers and existing farmers that could work. Um, uh, subsidies in terms of um, assisting with preparing the properties, uh, fencing, uh, and providing the, the initial crop that we want. But we have to be able to grow our produce and stuff meat in, in tonnage versus a farmer comes out with a nice couple hundred cucumbers and different things. It has to be where we start going to a tonnage of produce and then we, we take agriculture into the fisheries and, and um those kind of new type of aquaphonics in terms of how they're growing uh, agriculture now is we need to move into the 21st century of agriculture uh, nurture who we already have in the game as our existing farmers and taking it into the schools where we have to generate younger farmers senator de Talk to us a little bit about um, economic development. Um, your thoughts on how we move that forward? Okay, uh, you know, in, in specific economic development, uh, me as a veteran, I, I look at, uh, I've had a conversation with the um, Department of Tourism Commissioner in regards also with the National Guard. St. Croix has a Air Guard base, a military base, they're right on the island, and they're talking about, I think, getting 31 acres to do some expansion. I think if we start to look at the, the military itself as a oh, St. Croix, as that transshipment point where the military could start coming in and we start pushing what I call military tourism, we've opened the doors to a whole other economic base into the territory. That, that was one of the entities I was looking at um, as a whole that I think can be done. It already exists. And to go toward it. And again, for me, economic development is along the lines of sports tourism. Um, I have supported uh, the cricketers and St. Thomas and St. Croix. 
um, all sports in regards to getting the economic base into the territory through sports. And uh, finally, I think the, not finally, but, and, and, and third, I would, I would go toward, uh, I, I learned vocational education in school, CTE. And uh, I, I think we could go toward where we develop our um, young individuals and we could start to produce into the Caribbean skilled workers that will go into, we make the Caribbean our region for the economic development and, and also medical tourism where once we get our hospitals again timeline issues back online we could um, push for economic development through medical tourism so providing health care for our territory and for the caribbean as a whole so i hear a four prong i hear military tourism which is the first time i've heard that term um mm-hmm. sports tourism then developing trades so that we are exporting or lending our skill to other parts of the Caribbean. And then finally, yeah. you say medical tourism. So on the medical tourism note, I want to pick up when we talk about healthcare in the Virgin Islands, you know, our hospitals seem to be a chronic issue. Where do you feel we are in terms of moving the healthcare needle um, for quality of life and quality of care for people in the Virgin Islands? And is there anything you, particularly in your role as a senator, see yourself forwarding? Well, well me in, in my role as a senator, I, I, I support. I, I don't have anything specific legislation or anything towards it, but I, I support. Uh, everything in regards to better health care in the territory because the majority of people, a lot of people have to leave to um, obtain that health care. Um, but I, again, the hospitals and everything is just moving too slow. The excuses we're getting is the federal government. But again, as a whole, we have to go with what we have. And um, the the other, uh, like Frederick Healthcare and uh, Steam C over here in St. Thomas, um, they have stepped up to try to provide some of the health care that we need, but we need to bring in a lot more professionals. And I think if we go toward, we could get the, one of the hospitals up to the level we need. That's what would attract some of the um, specialists across the United States, across the world that we need, which will help to foster better health care in the territory and um, health tourism. Let's talk about the big dog, energy and WAPA, right? That those are chronic, very vexing, always in front of the legislature. We're hearing about, you know, the energy crisis, the WAPA crisis. Um, in your experience as a sitting senator, um, what do you think about where we are with WAPA and what efforts do you think need to be taken to improve that to get people more efficient energy? Well, I, I think we need to look at some alternative energy uh, sources, solar, a lot more solar. Um, subsidies for individuals, which is um, being done through energy office, uh, wind subsidies for wind um, energy. Um, but with with WAPA as a whole, I, I I think we need to have a separate entity organize and run WAPA. You could have the executive director or whatever they could run. The CEO runs WAPA day to day and. You know, but as a whole, WAPA needs an outside entity to me to manage WAPA and get it to where it should be for the territory because uh, I, I don't think we could fix it. The process, you can't be working in it and trying to fix it at the same time. It, it's too much of a tumultuous issue let, let to me, address. Let, let me ask this question because the legislature 
Um, they were very outspoken when the audit came out. Um, yeah. what, what was your take on the adding on, on the on the findings, the audit findings as it relates to WAPA? That that's number one, and and then number two, recovery again. We're, we are in the middle of a protracted recovery. The watch sellers, they told us those are the the generators. Those, those are the power units that that should provide some relief um, as it relates to affordability, um, costs, reliability. What's your take on the audit findings from a legislative perspective? Because remember now. WAPA used to beat up on I because I wanted to do things to change how we're doing business as it relates right. to, to WAPA and the rate payers and just, you know, overall impact of energy, providing energy for the people. That's number one. And then uh, number two, um, recovery as it relates to WAPA. Well, you, you, I, I think the easiest way to put it out is with the audit findings, um, boy, you know, we, some people should have gone maybe to jail and we would have addressed a lot of issues. But, you know, in the territory, we tend to allow things to happen. But, you know, um, I, I, I'm just holding my tongue in regards to WAPA because, again, you, you have a lot of great employees who work there who are also impacted. The people are impacted by what we are producing. But, again, let, let's look at what works in WAPA and separate that from what doesn't work and let an outside entity address it. And um, the, recovery, the, 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 the recovery and the watch sellers and what I, you're hearing with respect to no infrastructure to provide relief for the people of St. Thomas, St. John, and St. Croix. It, 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 again, the saddest thing about it is we, we, we could have bought all those equipment and stuff years ago, but because of some of the, 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 the deals that were made, uh, but the recovery, again, while we are in the recovery phase, a new infrastructure should be put in, like I said, for alternative energy, period. Um, there's no other way to put it. Even we get watsillas, then you have a, a certain amount of years toward how they're mechanical. Mechanical would always have issues, but it should be back up in terms of you know batteries, or in terms of electric. But that's what needs to be done, put together right now for WAPA. So you need a, a, a combination of alternative to go along with the, in, the already existing infrastructure. That's what you're talking about? Correct. Okay, Period. Good. Okay, good. Yes. We'll, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk uh, education. And, and we'll also talk um, culture and some sports because you sponsored the, the legislation that um, renamed the UVI Fitness Center for Mr. Eldridge, Eldridge Brick. So we're going to talk about yes. that when we come back. Okay, we got Senator Dwayne DeGraff. Uh, on the candidate speak here and analyze this a beautiful Thursday in paradise we'll be back right after this Attorney General Denise George, how much do you know about Virgin Islands laws? Injustices can happen anywhere and in situations where we least expect. I make it my mission to empower you with knowledge about our laws and the issues that affect our Virgin Islands community. Join me on Justice Matters, a new talk show that aims to inform you and engage you to be a part of the solution. Saturdays at 1130 a.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1. 
El sistema de elecciones de las Islas Vírgenes lo está haciendo más fácil para que tú formes parte de nuestro equipo por medio de nuestro programa de voluntarios. Estamos en busca de personas buenas como tú que puedan proveer a cada votante el apoyo que necesitan para que efectivamente puedan participar en el proceso de votación. Puede comenzar recogiendo y completando la aplicación para voluntarios de cualquiera de nuestras oficinas en el territorio. Usted puede servir como monitor. También tienes la opción de convertirte en un facilitador, asegurando que los votantes que están votando por primera vez, los envejecientes y la comunidad de deshabilitados puedan votar con confidencia y acertadamente. Si tienes el tiempo y estás dispuesto a servir, hay un lugar para ti. Solo inscríbete. Si quieres más información, llama al 340-773-1021. Y recuerda, el votar no es solo su derecho, es lo correcto hacer. Synergy Fitness and Wellness Center, located in Red Hook on St. Thomas, has been serving the community since 2011 and offers on-site and virtual speech therapy, occupational therapy, physical therapy, and nutritional counseling. The therapists work with one patient per session. Synergy Fitness and Wellness hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. through 6 p.m., and Saturdays, 9 a.m. through 4 p.m. No referral needed. Synergy Fitness and Wellness, 340-714-2348 or SynergyVI.com. here and analyze this the candidate speak and we got uh three-term senator Dwayne de graff from the district of st thomas st john joining myself and summer sibley brown good morning once again senator good morning good morning Ms. brown good morning everyone. Good morning morning. Good morning morning once again uh <coughs> summer um senator um yes, sir. education infrastructure again everything we, we we're in the middle of this protracted recovery um our infrastructure where education is concerned. Um, I know the legislature is an appropriating body. We have the Board of Education that deals with policy. So let's talk about your ability to uh, exercise oversight. Um, the board comes before the legislature from time to time. The, the disaster recovery team and the department comes before the legislature. Where, what is your take where we, where we are as a people as it relates to education in the territory? Uh, you know, um, education, the, the, the system, the education department has its problems. Um, we're in a recovery. It, 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 we need our schools built and everything. But, um, you know, o overall, as, as a public school graduate, the, 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 the system has been putting out and managing but going forward since the hurricanes and COVID and everything, again, while we're in the recovery stage, a lot of things need to be done. And it's not just in schools. I, I you know, I have proposed legislation for CTE in regards to career and technical education, where I believe the, the, they could have hired, the board could have hired individuals, so trade uh, persons, mechanics, uh, plumbers, carpenters who could come in and teach those professions to students on a part-time basis because I'm a product of the vocational education where I learned auto mechanics in the 70s and still know it to this day. 
But again, um, the education as a system uh, has its problems. But, you know, we, we, we tend to look at one way and, and not the other. But like I said, we, we, we are producing, still producing um, great individuals. We still have a, a core where we, we need teachers. The whole infrastructure, again, of education is not an easy fix. So for me, to, if, if I'm going to sound like I have the answer, I, I, I don't have one answer. You know, I have a collaboration of answers that we all could get together and try to make happen. But right now, the system needs work where the infrastructure for the schools need to be built on a more timely basis. But again, let's not forget the the, 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 the other end of it where we are producing still um, students who are impactful in this community and abroad. Senator DeGraff, tell me, yes. what is it you specifically bring to the legislature? Well, I, I have brought what I consider to be one with um, having three terms, that degree of <coughs> experience where when I first came in, I, I didn't realize existed until after the great senators like um, who's next to you, Senator Jay and stuff left. I, I thought all of that was gone, but I, I carry on that experience. I carry on the leadership level of where I've spent many years in the police and the military leadership roles. Um, I, I have that leadership role level and um, ideas in terms of I'm, I'm open to ideas and providing ideas because I've lived here all my life and not just suggestions. Uh, you know, and, and I decided to step up for this and continue to serve with people because that's what I, I choose to do. If I were to ask, because constituent work is an important part of um, service and you've had six years of service, if you was to reach your office on constituent work and what you think one primary need of the people you serve as, what are those two things? So rate yourself, honest rating in constituent work, and what are you hearing your constituents ask for? A constituent work, I'm going to rate myself 100%. My, my staff is second to none, number one. Uh, number two, I have had the chance to, in, in five of the six years to hire over 60 some students. Um, I, I'm always in the community and the, the constituency basically asks for things to make life better um, for the people of the Virginia as a whole. But constituency are more individualized. You know, I need this, I need that. But again, as a whole, hiring some students uh, going into communities, conducting different um, drives, working with nonprofits, uh, providing services. Th that's what I pride myself on doing. So I, I would give myself, you know, that, that 100% and my staff is second to none in doing that. And the second part of your question was? Um, nope, you answered both parts. You said you'd, okay. you'd give yourself a hundred because you percent, <laughs> which you know, if you when you're grading yourself, you're grading yourself, and you said you your constituents are looking for quality of life, so you did an excellent improvements. So you answered both questions, but what we didn't ask you, and and you know, you're in Saint Thomas, but the policies that you make drive and govern and improve the quality of life for the entire Virgin Islands, right? So sure. as it relates to things like property tax for the island of Saint John. Um, and environmental concerns. Where where do you see yourself? Because St. Thomas District, but Virgin Islands Senator. 
Well, you know, I, I, I have always said to everyone, I am a Virgin Island senator who is elected on the St. Thomas St. John district. I've said it from the beginning. I'll continue to say it. Uh, specific to property tax on St. Uh, St. John, I, I, I supported the bill that um, now Lieutenant Governor Senator Roach provided to address the property tax bill. And um, I, I think we just have to wait and see how that continues going forward. Um, property tax. I, I also submitted legislation for property taxes at the 32nd that, you know, caused a little backlash, but we're able to get something going out of it rather than uh, I, I, I personally don't agree with taxing people um, because we have a lot of taxes that already exist and they're just not being collected. And then the people go into a raise and different other issues. And then we try to create a lot of address that. So taxes and me aren't too, we don't work too hand in hand together. You, you, your, your motto is what? Invest local, think global, something like that? Think, think, think local, think global, act local. Act local. Um, the, break that down, lay people, so they can understand um, your, 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 the foundation for that, for that motto of yours. Yes, the foundation is, you know, I, I've lived here all my life. I've been able to travel around the world with the military, and, you know, the police department and different things. And I've been able to see the expansion and look at what Virgin Islanders have produced on a global stage. So I, that's what I want that, that young person to think global, that, that, that we can be second to none in the world. And then we act local where, hey, I chose to stay home and, and make the territory as great as, as we have been and will continue to be. So I, I would like to see th that portion of individuals, you go abroad, you get your knowledge, whatever you need, but you bring some of it back home and invest here, the act local, and make the Virgin Islands that great place that has produced all these great people. Awesome. I'm sorry, the Dwayne Graph number 12 on the senatorial ballot in the St. Thomas, St. John district. The floor is yours for you to... Tell the public, tell the people, the voters in the St. Thomas, St. John district, uh, or ask of them uh, to support you and to tell them why they should support you. Um, during the early voting that's taking place right now, we're in day three, day four of that, and on election day, November the 8th, 2022. Yes, thank you for, for the... Uh, uh, good morning again to the public. Uh, my name is Duane Graf, number 12 on the ballot. Uh, incidentally, the, the, the early voting bill was... Uh, my, I sponsored the early voting bill to allow the supervisor of elections to name the dates and places and time for the early voting. So I'm asking everyone to come out early vote, uh, vote number 12. Uh, like I said, I mentioned, I, I, I bring that degree of being a three-term senator, that degree of leadership in the community as a police in the military. And I provided legislation for from seniors and the disabled to veterans, to hiring the young generation, over 60 individuals, in my office against some employment and uh, across the board uh, as a territory. Uh, there may be specific things that, that people may say are for St. Thomas or whatever, but no, I, I, I go according to across the board for the territory. I've also recognized many of our young Virgin Islanders who have given their lives to this territory. Uh, Adi, Brongi, uh, Mr. Blake, you know, name the roads after Adi, Brongi, Judy Gomez. Uh, named the UVI Sport and Fitness Center now is Elvis Wilbur Blake. 
uh, Sport and Fitness Center. So I recognize and honor and, uh, our own past legislation to address uh, economic development, uh, development of our uh, youth, and don't forget our seniors and disabled. Your number again, sir? Your number again, sir? Uh, number 12 on the ballot. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Senate candidate, Senator Dwayne DeGraff, incumbent, Senator from the District of St. Thomas, St. John, for joining us on the Candidate Speak this morning. And we wish you success uh, throughout the campaign cycle. Okay? Thank you, sir. You got Thank it. Thank you, Mark. Have you a got, great day. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, Dwayne DeGraff, um, I had the good pleasure of serving with him. My last term was his uh, first term. He is actually um, a senior senator from St. Thomas, St. John. He got this is his third term. I believe Senator Bladen is the ranking member. This is his fourth term, and everybody else is... Uh, and Senator um, Saro, she came in during the middle of the same term that um, Senator Bladen was a freshman, so both of them have three terms. So um, In the past, we used to have senators... Like, when I first went in, right, um, Barry with 12. Yeah. Um, at that time, um, White was in his eighth. Uh, Donna Stork was in his fifth or sixth. I mean... They had a lot of seniority, um, but that's not the case anymore. So let me ask you: Why you first of all <clears throat> with the seniority? Did you f do you feel as a person who served the body the which one is serving us as a people? Is the strategy long term senators or this this rapid turnover creating policy or the change we need from your position? Um, well, sometimes change is good. You know what I'm saying? But you do need continuity. There's there's no doubt about that. Um, the year that you know we went in, right? That was a historic year on St. Croix. Uh, the top four vote getters were nine incumbents, first time senators myself, Pedro Pita Encarnacion, Wang Figueroa Seville, and Terrence Positive Nelson. Um, and and St. Thomas, they had six incumbents returning, you know what I'm saying? And as a matter of fact, uh, in addition to the four of us as freshmen. We had two sophomores, which was Usi Richards and Ronnie Russell. So six out of our seven had no more than two years' experience in the legislature. So, you know, uh, that was good. But, but a, a number of us had good, uh, uh, a good understanding of government. And that's what it's all about, you know. It's a good understanding of government and uh, understanding that government exists because you have a private sector in place that allows for said government to generate tax revenue. That, uh, once you understand that, you know, that you, you, you have that um, foundational understanding in place, you'll be all right. If you don't understand it and don't respect both sides, and I think that's what hurt President Trump or anything else, right? Remember, he come mm -hmm. 100% from the private sector. And uh, well, no, we're going to drain the swamp and all that stuff. But government is there for a reason. There's triangulation involved. You know, government provides services. You know what I'm saying? I so absolutely, and I would add that I think uh, for me, part of the change, part of the elevation of the system is actually looking at, there's actually three pillars to this, right? We have government, we have private, and in absence of municipal government, a lot of those services are picked up by the civic sector, right? Like nonprofits. Non that's right. Um, for instance, people might not realize that Frederickstead Healthcare Center is a nonprofit. Yes, sir. Right? Yes, that sir. Is, it, it's subsidized yes. and it serves a critical function. So we're actually looking at how, how do these three things work together to mm -hmm. serve the people of the Virgin Islands? Um, yeah, I, I would love... 
I would love to see in my what I would love to see as a change is really how we anchor in the civic sector to support both government and private sector to solve people. You know, and when I mention triangulation, um, it, it's it's from this perspective, right? Um, you have a government in place, right? That's the public. That's the public sector, right? Then you have the private sector, right? That. You know, that's where jobs are, taxes are generated. Then you have the people, because the government has to provide services, right? So, Summer Sibley works, she pays taxes to the government, the government collects those taxes so that they can pay their employees to provide the services for the people. And that's how it works, and it's a, it's a real circular thing, cyclical thing, and, and, it, and it works, right? Government is also, in principle, net zero, right? Because you want to generate enough revenue to provide the services, right? Sometimes, you know, you, you run a deficit, sometimes you run a surplus, right? But that's basically the principle, the foundational understanding of how government is supposed to work. The easiest thing to do, right, is to think that um, when they, the legislature passes a budget, that means they just cut a check. You don't work that way. Everything that they pass from a budget standpoint is under the anticipation that over the next 12 months, they're going to generate revenue. Let me ask a question. Should, our, should we change the government <coughs> from, I guess, functioning to be net zero in terms of putting... Because when we talk about sovereignty, independence, you know, those things, where's the funding going to come for it? That's, that's why I've always said, you know, wanting to be independent is a good thing. Understanding how you exist while independent, that's a whole different discussion. So we'll take a break. Uh, we'll come back right after this, analyze this. Like I said, a beautiful Thursday in paradise. We'll be back right after this. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Great question. That is a great question. And that's a great question. Wow, that's another great question. That's uh, that's a great question. Oh, that's a great. <laughs> that's a great question. That is a great question. What a great question. On Fresh Air, you'll hear unexpected questions and unexpected answers. Weekdays at noon on WTJX FM ninety three point one, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Here's a fun fact for you. The average chameleon can point their eyes in two different directions. On the other hand, the average human can't. So unless you're a chameleon, there's absolutely no way you can focus on texting and driving at the same time. So don't do it. Unless you're a chameleon. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. <laughs> 